0: You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, the boys invite you to Poker in the Ears.
1: Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Here's my work wife, James Hardigan.
0: Things are a bit confused this week, Joe. You know that we talked about the fact that I have the privilege of being able to work from home with the podcast as well the yes. new studios are being built in London however I'm now having building work done here so whether I'm at the office or at home there is the danger of construction noise so apologies if you suddenly hear it sanding in the
1: background it's a podcast man no one cares if they're sanding uh s- today we are recapping EPT Sochi so far so good so over Sochi Uh, I'm excited. I got a photo with Uri Gilboa at breakfast the next day. By the
0: way, it has now been confirmed. It took a few days to verify it, but he is the oldest EPT main event champion in European Poker Tour history.
1: Thank goodness, because, you know, I would hate to have made a mistake live on air. That's (laughs) never,
0: ever happened in your nine-year broadcasting Uh history.
1: So we will be recapping the now legendary journey of Ura as well as all the other stuff that happened to and fro in Sochi. uh, Foreshadowing. I wish we hadn't foreshadowed having to spend the night in fucking Moscow
2: Um, while
1: we were out to dinner. Travel problems? Question mark. Uh, More on that later. I'm at another (laughs) poker destination, this time in Estonia, where my poker run good does not continue.
0: Hold on a second. I remember receiving a first draft of this running order on Monday, and I swear that line said my poker run good continues.
1: It did say that, and I changed it because it has <laughs> not continued. The first night here, I uh, I played a tournament, and... Uh, I'll tell you how I went out of that tournament, but then I then I played a satellite for the next day's tournament, and I just ran so unbelievably well that I just was like, "This is how poker is from now on. I'm good at poker, and poker's good at me." But it turns out, uh, no, that was that was a short little journey. Oh. Uh, we are not going to get the chance this week to go over it in my hands from Bay One Hundred One, uh, but let's be honest, it's already old at this point. We got some fresher shit to talk you about. You
0: say that, but I do think there is the opportunity for us to actually do dare I say it, some strat talk, some analysis, some in-depth poker conversation about your deep run in Bay 101. And I do think that once we've done with Sochi and the event in Estonia doing with Patrick Antonius, there's the opportunity to revisit Bay 101.
1: Yes, I'm totally with you on that. It's just that as long as it's already old, let's talk about what's fresh. Sure,
0: absolutely. We'll uh, we'll put a pin in it.
1: All right. So I did play a little cash in Sochi. Uh, We can chat about that a little bit. I got to Estonia a few days early for this Patrick Antonius event where I have received the worst beat of my life. And guess what? I have a podcast, so everyone's going to have to listen to it. The good news, I got Patrick Antonius. Nice. Don't nominate us for an award or anything like that, you fuckers. Just getting Josh Molina and Brian Koppelman and Patrick Antonius. But don't fucking nominate us for anything, please.
0: Careful! You're almost sounding like you care.
1: We also got uh, Roy Muir, huh? How about that for a get?
0: He is our super fan this week. <laughs> and guess what the subject is, Joe?
1: uh I only know because I saw it written here. But yeah Starship Troopers. I'm would, ready.
0: Would you like to know more?
1: I would like to know more.
0: Well, just before we move on, I have to read this email that I've received in the last hour from a former podcast guest. And a star of our PCA 2018 TV shows, online qualifier Mo the Destroyer Schwab, uh, just sending through an update on how Mo continues to destroy. Mo won a $15 satellite into the 109 Sunday Million Bounty game on the Sunday just gone, so that's March 31st. There were 12,790 entries. And Mo made the final table, finishing fourth for $24,000. He also managed to make another 5.5k in bounties, the biggest poker score of his poker fun career, as he describes it. And now, of course, his ambition is to try and satellite to another live event. So nearly 30k Mo took down at the Poker Stars tables on Sunday and wanted to share that news with us and let us know that he's hoping to get back on the live circuit again soon.
1: Oh, that's crazy! I love a good story like that. See, Mo, Mo is a guy that runs pretty good at poker, would be my guess, or runs normally. Anyway, I'm not going to be jealous of Mo. Congratulations, Mo. Um, so yeah, so I don't remember what the last thing we was that we talked about on the po- on the podcast. We we did my finish at Bay 101 already, right?
0: Um, no, I think when we checked in with you, you were still in the Bay 101 main event, but obviously we then learned in fact I think by the time the podcast came out you were already out and that was what we joked about the fact that these live updates don't really work Uh, but you were about to head to New York after San Jose before flying to Russia
1: yes so uh, right after we got done with the podcast I wrote to Brian Koppelman and I just said hey man uh, that was really awesome Uh, really appreciate it he was like yeah if you're ever in New York give me a shout and I was like well (laughs) I'm going to be there (laughs) In a few hours. And I and he's like,
0: oh, shit, it was an empty offer, and I never thought you were going to be anywhere near New York in the next month or so.
1: I'm sure it wasn't exactly that, but I also am sure he was not expecting me to be like, I'm going to be in New York in eight hours. So (laughs) he said, hey, man, just like, look, uh, you know, we just wrapped on the show, and my kids are home this weekend, but give me a shout. Maybe we can get some coffee on Saturday. I I didn't do that. No. I I just didn't even I said, cool, man. Sounds good. And I just felt like it wasn't the right time to be like, what's up, man? It's your first day off in like fucking three months, but I'm here. So I just didn't do it. And then after I left town, I said, look, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. How about next time? Um, But I did play in a couple of home I played a one home game in New York. Where So I come a hot off of Bay 101, as you guys know, 38th place, 12000 in cash is total. And then I went and played this home game in New York where I bought him for $500 and I cashed out for $2,500. Wow. And I bought half of Jesse's action and Jesse cashed out for $2,200. So I left this home game in New York with like four grand in my pocket. Uh, so I was like, yes. I can yes.
0: understand now
1: why you were on such
0: positive tilt and believed that poker was going to be now the game for you and you were going to crush every time. And now I understand why whatever's happened in Estonia has brought you crashing back down to earth.
1: Yes, absolutely. So so in Estonia, I played like this, this uh, 220 year two hundred it was like the kickoff event. There was like, I think like maybe 22 or 23 people playing. And uh, I got, and it was short. It was like a 20-minute blinds type of thing. Your typical you know, 220 in a casino kind of thing. And I got relatively short when there were maybe, I think they're only paying the top nine and there were maybe like 22 or 23 players left. Um, There were 38 players who entered, sorry, uh, 22 or 23 players left. And I was short. So I shoved a six from the button and a guy looked at me and he said, and he thought forever. And he was like, you know what? I called just because it's you. And uh, he had King Deuce and I was flopped dead. So actually it was after he, after he busted me, he looked at me. He's like, I only called it was you. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that and,
0: really makes you feel better about the situation.
1: Right. It was such a, like a weird needle. And like the whole table laughed when I said, thank you. And I, I, I left pretty quickly. I wouldn't say I stormed off, but I didn't really like hang around. Um, and the next day that guy apologized to me. Uh, but then I went and played a satellite and I did this thing where like I bought in for the satellite when I had like for like six big blinds.
0: Oh, <laughs> um, Regged.
1: Yeah, I late registered satellite, and then, obviously, I went broke, and I was pissed off, so I registered again, and so I'm in the satellite, because it was 65 to get in in a 330 satellite with five seats guaranteed, and then the rebuys were, like, 40, so I was like, well, I shouldn't rebuy at least once, Uh, and then I ended up making it through the rebuy period, getting to the final table, and then I was, like, second in chips, Wow! and I got into a totally unnecessary situation on the satellite bubble, like the stone bubble, with a guy who is third in chips. Okay. And ended up sucking out on him ace-10 against ace-queen.
0: Okay. So this is going really
1: well. It's going really well. But then the next day, I play the 330, and it's clear there are a couple of either Finnish or Estonian guys at my table who are really, really bad. Like, just – and not even, like – If they were like, if they were just didn't know what they were doing, I would feel kind of bad. These were guys who were just like, like talking a lot. They're splashing around, never turned up with a hand. Um, So I ran like this triple barrel bluff where a guy called a three bet pre flop with queen deuce and ended up flopping a queen and just calling me down the whole way, which that's fine. Like the, the pre flop call obviously is annoying, but like once you hit top pair and you decide not to fold to me, like I get it fine. So I was like a little bit tilted. We start with 15,000 in chips and I had about 8,000 left. Uh, there was a fella uh, at my table who had, who had been talking a lot, playing a lot of bad hands, talking a lot during every hand. And they had already sort of uh, warned him that you couldn't talk as much during the hands. Blinds were 100, 200. I'm a small on I plied. smell
0: a hand history coming. So we better hit this it's a fantastic
3: journey through space and time it's hand histories
1: pre-flop action so uh, blinds are 100 200 and this guy makes it 775. uh yeah that's a large race it's a large raise uh the fella on the button calls and i have pocket aces in the small blind and i think this is a great opportunity to make another fairly large raise because the chatty guy has yet to fold pre-flop. So I make it 22.75. Which is about a a quarter of your remaining stack? A little bit. Yeah, about a quarter of my remaining stack, yeah. Uh, Call, call. Okay. The flop. I have two black aces, by the way. Uh, The flop is eight of diamonds, six of diamonds four of spades i move all in yeah
0: i mean you're committed there's nothing else you can do
1: so a chatty guy sits there for a while looks like he's gonna fold keeps pushing his cards toward the muck, but holding them in his hand pulling them back chatting and eventually they call the floor on him and then he does the whole thing he's like well am i allowed to talk am i allowed to ask how much is in the pot am i allowed to ask how much the all-in is for and i'm like oh god i think i really think he's just hollywooding uh and trying to like be a clown walk before he folds he uh he eventually calls okay the guy in between on the button he folds i show down my two black aces he shows down Ten, four of diamonds.
0: So he has got a diamond draw and a backdoor straight draw, by my calculations.
1: Uh, He's got bottom pair and a diamond draw.
0: Okay. So he still has the opportunity to make a straight. Anyway, let's get to the turn.
1: Eight of spades on the turn.
0: Okay. So that takes away the straight draw. He is still drawing to a diamond on the river, though.
1: It also takes away his two-pair draw.
0: Very true. The river.
1: Four of Spades on the river. Oh, gross! Full house. Worst beat of my life. Huge pot. Uh, just disgusting, horrible, and um, just and the and the guy so like is totally vindicated for all his talking, and the floor has been called over, and then uh, and then he's got the great line uh, as I'm walking away from the table, which is, "Do you want me to keep the seat open for you?" Yeah and so this thing that I'm I'm um I'm learning about now is that people uh, are a jerk to you if you are a well-known person if you are the, you're not even a person they treat you like you're some kind of free rolled celebrity who didn't just spend several hundred euros on a tournament you mentioned the
0: previous hand where the guy said he only called your shove with king deuce because it was you yeah i mean did you get the sense even though it wasn't explicit that this guy only called pre-flop with 10 four of diamonds because it was you making this huge committing raise
1: not really I i think that he was um he just liked playing and he was calling with a lot of weird hands and whatever. It just, um, this is, you know, like every poker player in the world is like, yeah, I don't really care. Like what cards come my emotions out of it. But as long as I did the right thing and made the right play, that's all that matters to me. I get way more wounded emotionally when the cards just come out in like a ridiculous way that, Whatever specific thing needed for me to happen to lose is what happened. Like, that's just like I would rather, much rather, it be my mistake, which, by the way, is what happened when I rebought. So now I'm like really on stone till, and now I buy in for 330. Cause I satellited in, remember? Yes. So now I go back and I buy in for, I, I re enter for 330, and I just, I played bad. I played so bad after that. I um I ended up doubling up and getting some chips, uh, and then uh, getting short again because again the the blinds get really short. And I ended up like three betting uh, an under the gun razor with Ace Jack suited, and then calling it all off when he shoved on me, uh, and he had Ace King. I was horrible, like just really really stupid, like and I was just so mad at myself. But it was so much better feeling than. Getting in good and losing through no faults of my own.
0: It's all that stuff that when you see it on the stream and you're criticizing other people for doing it, and then you find yourself doing it.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, like when I'm when I'm playing well, that's a really easy, just open fold to make. Yeah. Like just just fold Ace Jack Suter there, but when you're like on tilt. And you're like pissed off, and you're like, why don't I get lucky? And if, well, no, not why don't I get lucky. Why do I get so unlucky? Why did the one hand that guy could possibly have to beat me? Why is that the hand he had? And then you play stupid and bad, and so, it, and then I ended up me and these two uh, German kids I met that I'll get into later, and Patrick's wife. And I don't know if you remember her, but this this girl named Krista Polgar, who was like a Miss Hungary. Yeah, she was on the poker scene for a while. She's at this event. I ended up drinking so much whiskey with them after this that I woke up the next day like feeling like I had done something wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did, Joe. You lost hundreds of euros playing yes, poker. Uh, let's talk about happier memories, shall we?
3: Event recap. Event Recap
0: sound of this cheap ripoff of Katy Perry's (laughs) firework informs you that we are going to talk about EPT Sochi, the first European Poker Tour event of 2019. And as we referenced, Joe, on the last episode of the podcast, it's the first time that you and I actually went to the event rather than working remote. Um, So we got to see Sochi for the first time. And I know a lot of people kept asking you how is Russia? What do you think of Russia? And at that point, you haven't even, hadn't even stepped outside the building. But even if you had, I think the key thing to say is that Sochi is not representative of Russia as a country. I'm not sure there is anywhere in Russia that's representative of the entire country. It's a huge place. Yeah. But Sochi is so enclosed. It's so its own thing. It's a coastal resort. And then up in the mountains, you've got the ski resort where you have the casino. But it feels like a very modern. It feels like a very rich part of Russia
1: yeah um i would say that judging russia based on sochi is probably like judging mexico based on cabo you know it's like uh it's just sort of this little fantasy world uh resort town i will say that uh of the few hours we spent in like the tiny little ski village it was awesome it was really
0: fun and the key thing is understandably most of our hours are spent either in the casino itself which is brand new it's only two years old and is a beautiful building um with fantastic food by the way that's the one thing i will say is i think we had the best food that we've ever had at any event on tour in
1: borsche is borsche is is good very good enjoyed it
0: as was the sushi, as was all the Asian cuisine that was served as well. Um, And the hotel, the Marriott, again, brand new and a beautiful hotel. So I was very happy um, with how we were looked after uh, with the venue. And also, the journey there, for me, was not as stressful as I thought it was going to be. I thought Moscow Airport was very efficient with the transfer process. It was quite amusing that at passport control, They literally inspected every single page of my passport under a magnifying glass. But I get the impression they do that to everyone.
1: Yeah, I think so. They did that to me. But um, I thought maybe because I was American, it it would have been a little bit more scrutinized. But luckily, I just got a new passport like a couple of years ago. And most of my trips to England are like electronically. So there weren't that many stamps and it didn't really take that long. I, I thought that moscow airport and also uh, sochi airport were both really nice but the one thing i found a little weird was that the secu- the lines queuing is not as regimented as in other places oh, like with they Stantus. don't queue.
0: they don't queue in russia they just yeah, surge and,
1: and russians appear to take line cutting as like some sort of national pastime where i watched like people really take pride in cutting in line and i i honestly at one point thought I, I might not ever get through this line because I don't know how to do this. Like, I, I'm, uh, if I stand here and people keep getting in front of me, I might be here all day.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely elbows. Um, so on the journey there, um, I didn't realize that I would have an in-flight entertainment system because I didn't think the flight was long enough. But <laughs> I was able to watch The Favourite, which I hadn't got around to seeing, which I, I quite enjoyed. Um, it was cute. I made the mistake of watching Ocean's 8, which is not very good. Uh... But on the way back... To fast forward to the journey home, I finally saw Deadpool 2, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It is just as good as the original.
1: I thought Deadpool 1 was a 10 out of 10, and I thought Deadpool 2 was like a 9.5 out yes, of 10.
0: I think that's a, a good review. And I have also started watching The Americans, mainly on your recommendation, because I know it's a show that you enjoyed. And, yeah, you know it's It's a little bit hokey, but it is very enjoyable, and the two leads are excellent.
1: Oh, my God. You'll see why by the end of the run of the show, both uh, the lead and uh, the the Stan Beeman character end up winning Emmys. Yeah, um, they're both fantastic in the show. And I think that I agree that it can be a little bit hokey. But what I think helps a lot in certain shows like this is the period aspect of it and the way they weave history into it uh, makes it a lot more. Uh, enjoyable to watch and a lot more you can let it get away with a little bit more because it is sort of working within the realm of of history yeah Um, you had a longer flight
0: than me but i know you often sleep on planes i'm very envious that you're actually able to do that did you watch anything
1: the only thing i watched was uh i've been watching peaky blinders which speaking of period stuff and something that can be like a little bit hokey yeah uh the show's super violent And uh, I have to watch it with the subtitles on also because I can't – I often can't understand what the fuck they're saying. But uh, I I do like that show. But I just started season – I thought it was season four. It turns out it's season three. And there's like a huge Russia storyline in season three. And actually I think it's the best season so far. I agree. Um, the the plot is way more interesting and the characters, you actually care about them and like them now because they're starting to like clean up their acts a little bit. And so now I have someone to root for at least.
0: Yes, the the Russian plot in season three is excellent and Paddy Considine's character also adds a new dimension and the organization that he's involved in was a real organisation if you want to look that one up. Um I have not started watching Billion season 4 yet. I think there've been about two or three episodes that have aired I so think far. There's three now, yeah. yeah. So I need to start watching that one. Um but as I said now I've got addicted to the Americans. It's tough. There's too much to watch. Game of Thrones is coming back soon. The OA part 2 has just dropped on Netflix. Well you got to
1: Look, you got to you got to do Game of Thrones every week. Like you just can't yeah. you can't like bin wait to the end and binge that because yes. it's the end and everyone's going to fucking ruin it for you. Of course. The- the Americans been on for a while. I think billions you can probably hold off Yeah, and, and just catch it. up all at once. Yeah.
0: I normally do watch it week to week. But, again, when we finally got to Sochi, very little time to watch stuff, very little time to do anything yeah. other than work. Uh, we were squeezing the event into five days and, therefore, four days of streaming. It meant longer days as we cut through the field. Um, there were a few technical problems behind the scenes. Not going to get into the detail there. Hopefully nobody noticed. Um one of the things which I think worked, and I appreciate it's not as good as having the players on site in the booth with us, but by being able to use Skype and being able to give these guys a video feed of what we're watching, we were able to have contributions from Fintan, Felix Schneiders, uh, from Igor Kurganov, Chris Moneymaker. And I I think that people appreciated their guest appearances, especially the ones who bothered to sort out their internet connections, Igor, and their (laughs) microphones, Chris Moneymaker. But the one thing that is in the back of my mind, and it comes from our last conversation with Igor, is this potential challenge where Joe Stapleton plays heads up Hold'em against a chicken. (laughs) And I don't want to forget about this because I want to find a way of making it happen because I actually think that this will be an awesome video. I've been
1: pitching this idea for years, literally for years, playing heads up against a chicken.
0: But now it's a chicken that's been tutored and mentored by Igor Kurganov. That adds an extra dimension.
1: So would it be a chicken that's specifically tutored and mentored by Igor or just spends enough time around him that it's obviously gleaned a lot of information?
0: Uh, I'll leave that one to the scientists to work out. But again, let's put a pin in this because we need to come back to it (laughs) over the course of the four days. So last year, I know you weren't part of the Sochi stream uh, in 2018, Joe, but we had some characters, Dark Alley guy, Appendix guy. This year, the main characters were Yuri Gully, who everyone hated because they felt he was stalling on the bubble, which, as we've discussed before, is a legitimate tactic, but I completely appreciate is a bore to watch. Everyone loved Alexander Denisov because he was just so unpredictable, so crazy. Um, His chips were in before the guy before him had had a chance to get their cards over the line. And... You know, that fast pace of play, that unpredictable nature... Can you imagine
1: running like that guy, like, to be able to play every pot and not be broke? Like, and just make a lot of hands? Like, can you imagine?
0: I know, crazy. But it was inevitable that even though he had that amazing day two, where he came in with half a million and ended the day with a million, that something was going to go wrong along the way. You cannot keep playing like that and continue to run above expectation.
1: Yeah, I mean... But you can because he, he just wasn't at all surprised that he would like raise with nine five and make two pair and like <laughs> win a hand and then raise with seven eight and make trips and then maybe like lose to like bigger trips. Like, I think some people like him, that's just the reality they know. Like, oh, of course, I'm going to make two pair like seven out of every 10 hands.
0: Yeah. Um, we also had the lookalikes. So we had the guy who looked a little bit like Chris Moneymaker.
1: So did we call him Chris Rublemaker or not? Because some guy like tweeted at me. He's like, "You should have called him Chris Rublemaker." I'm like, "I'm pretty sure we did."
0: Uh, maybe at one point, but it was more a thing that people were talking about in Twitch chatting on Twitter, right. and I imagine that's probably why you steered clear of it. Um, and then we had the Russian Jason Somerville, whose sushi lunch has now officially gone viral.
1: That's good, man. That was a that was a great little catch. I think Liam, the cameraman, is the guy who picked that up, and uh, I love the fact that we have enough fun on our broadcast that someone thought to shoot that and then someone thought to say hey this will be really good let's roll this back in let's cut to something that we saw previously I've seen a lot of poker James you know at this point you and I've seen thousands of hours of poker that's that's probably a top 10 moment for me I'd say as far as like fun things that have happened in poker tournaments it was fun for
0: sure so we had a heads-up battle between the two Israeli players and they were deep and once the stacks had evened out, I think we were like 75 big blinds versus 70 big blinds. And you kind of have that expectation that this is going to go the distance. It did not go the distance because that's what happens when someone rips it in with ace nine for 70 bigs. And the other guy wakes up with a premium hand, which led to Uri Gulbao winning, becoming the first Israeli champion on the EPT, the oldest main event champion, and the longest winner interview in EPT history. But you know what? I didn't care because he was so made up. He was so happy that it was just a joy to listen to this guy.
1: It was funny that in the moment, he seemed to get more and more comfortable answering the questions. And so then when I ask him the question about his shirt and he starts to get to what I think is the end, and then he's like, and then on day two, and I'm like, oh, shit, we're only like halfway through this question. James, as a more experienced presenter and interviewer than I am, once he starts going off like that there's nothing i can do right i mean
0: you could potentially leap in an interrupt but why would you do that we're not exactly trying to hit a deadline we don't have a hard out right. we have to be off air in 60 seconds it's his moment you know and sometimes you ask a question and you get a one-word response and you have to keep asking questions to try and get some form of reaction if you've got someone who has a story to tell who just wants to be in the moment celebrating this victory let him go for it, and he seemed like such a nice guy, such a genuinely happy champion that I was just, as I said, happy to just watch him.
1: Yeah, I was happy too. I just, like, I just am always in that moment, being like, "Okay, am I doing something wrong here?" Which, uh, look, the, I'd say the question t- t- topped out like exactly where it should have. If it had gone on much longer, maybe I would have had to do something. But, uh, but yes, it was to see the fact that. His, like, shock and amazement just eventually turned into chatty joy uh, was definitely something to see. And uh, I I was – the next day he was taking photos with people at breakfast. I already mentioned that I got one, but he was still thrilled. He was still over the moon, and I love seeing that. So we finished the final table, actually, reasonably early. All the other days had gone the distance.
0: We'd finished at 11 p.m. or just after midnight local time. But then with the final table finishing at 8, we were finally able to leave the resort to go to dinner outside of the building. And then on the way back, popped into the Irish bar, because every (laughs) single city in the world, including Sochi, has an Irish bar. This one opened 24-7. It might be the only Irish bar I've ever walked into, though, where I had to be patted down by the security guard before I was allowed in. But despite being an Irish bar, it had a very Russian live band. But they were actually really, really good. Understandably, Joe, mainly playing Russian songs, which the Russian patrons were dancing to. But there was this gag where when they finished, I say gag, it was not funny. But I would say, not loudly, but kind of under my breath, do you know any Oasis? Um, Do you know any Radiohead? Do you know any Blur? Glitch in the Matrix alert. They then played Blur.
1: And believe it or not, James, I don't know if you remember this, but that was the blur song that was used in all of the marketing for Starship Troopers.
0: Ah, good knowledge. We will talk more about Starship Troopers later on. Um, I then went to bed because I was tired and had an early start. But Joe, along with a couple of other members of the team, went back to Casino Sochi because that poker itch needed scratching.
1: Yeah, so I went. Let's just say I went out to play some poker with uh, two Sandy the degenerate fucks. Okay, so two Sandys, <laughs> We've me and two Sandys.
0: Sandy. He's he's split in two.
1: <clears throat> so, uh, like, uh, I was anxious to play some poker, to play in another country, to check out the poker room. Obviously, I think I'm a great poker player at this point because I've been running way above expectation. And of course, of course, they don't have three seats open. At 2-3, which is what we want to play. So Sandy decides he's going to go play 5-5 five, five instead of 2-3. And then Sandy and I wait at the bar for a little while and have another drink. And finally, me and Sandy get seated at, sec- at separate tables. Um, I end up doing pretty well at my table. And uh, people, Russian poker players are bad. They're, they're pretty bad at least the guys at the two-3 table, probably like any other country, right? Like yeah. just the two, three, two o'clock in the morning table is going to have a bunch of uh, crazy people. Despite the fact that I ran into runner, runner full house when I had flop trips, and then I ran into runner, runner bigger trips uh, when I had a uh, top pair, um, I still managed to about double up in that game. There was a guy at my table who was just like kept short buying and was like all in every hand. And when he realized I was American, he went, Oh, you're American. It's no problem. It's just for fun. It's no problem. And I don't even think he knew what those words meant. He was just like repeating them over and over again, like <laughs> the three English phrases he knew. So I ended up going to bed at four. And so one Sandy. Left without saying goodbye. The five-five Sandy left without saying goodbye. Because I know he got for tilted. a fact
0: that five-five Sandy had done his money by two a.m.
1: Yes, and but di- I didn't know he was gone because right. I think he was tilted and left.
0: But my understanding is that two-three Sandy also did not have
1: a good session. I don't think that he did. I think that he lost. We both, we all brought in enough for two binds, except for 5-5 five, five, Sandy, who brought enough for one at 5-5. Five, five. There were he a lot lost... of bad
0: beat stories floating around, running ace-king into aces twice, straight over straight, stuff that just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. But you know you get the impression that it wasn't a winning night.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't. And so I left. I tried to convince Sandy, too, to leave when I did, but he was pretty dug into his game so not only did sandy two straight over straight but sandy two straight overslept and missed his flight from Sochi. i had like messages the next morning from our uh, our production manager being like have you seen sandy where is sandy sandy missed his flight and i was like i'm so sorry because i felt a little responsible um you sandy know whenever he
0: is an adult uh should point out that the uh, the happy ending is that even though Sandy missed the flight from Sochi, there was a slightly later flight and Sandy joined the rest of us in Moscow and made his way back home to London because our journey home was completely problem-free. Um, and for once, we had a longer journey than you because you were only going to Estonia. So, Joe, what could possibly go wrong?
1: Well, you think you had a longer journey than me. I'll say this. Sochi Airport loved it. There was like one restaurant per person. <laughs> there were so many bars and restaurants in Sochi Airport. Um, I was sleeping on the plane, as I am wont to do. And I can always tell when we're about to land because I can feel it. You know how the plane has this very specific Absolutely. feeling, like yeah, yeah. right before you touch the ground. So I wake up, lift my hat up in the air, see that uh, we're about to touch the ground. Or we're going to touch the ground in three Two and whoa, we pull back up again. I've had that, and I'm like, ah, you know what? Um, that's never a good sign. With a strong
0: winds, bunny chance.
1: I don't know what it was because they were only making the announcements in Russia at that
0: right. point. Because I had that experience coming back from Dublin in 2016 and it, the winds were so strong that as the pilot was about to touch down and the plane was caught by a gust of wind, he realized that if he didn't pull up and abort the landing, that the plane would tilt to the side and there's a chance the wing would make contact with the ground.
1: Yeah, so uh, we came in for a, a second shot and that one didn't go as planned either. So now we're uh, on our third try. And I'm... Holy I'm shit. A, yeah, I'm not a very nervous traveler, but at this point I'm... I'm sweating it a little. I'm like, who? I don't know how many tries we get at this fuel-wise. Uh, the third time we did land, but boarding had already started for my uh, connecting flight, so I ended up having to spend the night in Moscow. <laughs> and I'll say this, arrow, yeah. Sorry, we had just talked about it too about <laughs> we how joked like,
0: about the fact that if you miss your connection, you got to spend a night in an airport that a hotel near the airport, and you're still not going to get to see Moscow. Correct.
1: Um, I'll say this: We were flying Aeroflot. The hotel shuttle bus process so easy, no hassle, no big deal. They put us up in something called I've probably heard of this called a Novotel. Yep, and it was actually very nice. Novotels
0: are very nice hotels.
1: Yeah, um, good dinner buffet. And it turns out there were two German kids on my flight who were also going to Estonia. And so I ended up becoming pals with them. And these two, like one of them is like a big time German wizard. The other one is sort of uh, not as big time yet, but, you know, just two young German crushers. And we ended up having a good night, shared a bottle of wine at dinner, had a bunch of drinks at the bar, ended up uh, having more to drink at Moscow Airport the next day. And they've been here uh, in Estonia crushing ever since. Which brings us to
0: where we are now. With you at this event. So just remind us, what's the event that you're working on?
1: I'm at the Patrick Antonius Poker Challenge. And it's the, it is the first, the inaugural stop of this, uh, of this tour Patrick's trying to put together. Well, it stands to reason then that we speak to the
0: man behind this event, behind this new poker tour. We just talked about EPT Sochi 2019. It was 14 years ago. That Patrick won his EPT title in Baden. He made the final table of Monte Carlo last year, came close to winning his second. But Patrick seems to be back on the scene in a big way. Lots of stuff going on with his poker business ventures. So let's talk to the man himself. Very pleased to be joined on the podcast by Patrick Antonius. Hello, Patrick.
2: Hi, guys. Nice to, nice to join you guys.
1: Hi, Patrick. Isn't it weird that we're in the same hotel right now, but we're
2: talking over Skype? It's the modern world. We're all we all hiding behind our devices. People are getting more awkward in the social life.
1: Well, I especially make things for awkward for people most of the time, so I can understand that. I uh, I think for the rest of this trip, I'm going to call you Patrick Estonius. What are we doing here?
2: Uh, we're just chilling. We're playing a little bit of poker. We're definitely drinking. Um, we're just having good time. Um, yeah, all kind of all kind of players here, and uh, my first event, like, like you know, I don't know if other people know the PAPC, and also we started to use this uh, new social media application for the poker. So, uh, kind of new things starting from here, starting from a small place Estonia that a lot of people don't know about, and um, it's not too late to join. You can. You can take a flight and join us and we're going to have a nice party on Friday for sure.
1: We're doing a party on Friday night that doesn't start until midnight.
0: Wow. Sounds like James Partigan might be tempted to make an appearance. Patrick, (laughs) what are you doing? Starting a poker tour. Are you crazy?
2: Yeah, for sure I'm crazy, but uh, we're not not actually starting a poker tour. We're just going to run a couple nice events, depending on the place and location and you know there's no like uh there's no really bigger plans we're not trying to compete with anyone all we're just trying to do is um uh, to make poker a little bit better again we have been building couple couple new things we're introducing some things that we think they're gonna people are gonna like in uh in poker industry and just having fun this is the this is the goal but uh i i don't see PAPC ever being like a poker tour or anything. Uh, I see it as a little bit more like uh, maybe like what Triton is doing that they just, uh, these guys just like to play in Asia and they're throwing some nice nice high roller events. Um. But we have events that uh, it's for everyone. We have a lot of smaller tournaments and we try to kind of mix it up all, all in the same same time, same place.
0: Having seen you in Monte Carlo the last couple of years I definitely got a sense that this is something that you feel strongly about that you want poker to be fun and the way in which the game is presented the way in which the game is marketed you clearly have quite strong feelings about.
2: Yeah, I have a strong feeling that I don't like the way that poker has evolved like um and it's it's obvious that um you know players are getting better. And they're definitely you know taking all the advantages they can take and um yeah it's it's if you wanna play optimal then you don't you know you don't wanna you don't wanna give any reach to anyone, so you wanna cover yourself fully and and you wanna balance your time ranges play slow you always, you know you always. You always gonna give yourself a chance to make the best decision, and and but this is not very uh, good for the game. I think uh, we I think we gotta go back and play more more social entertaining poker. But um, you know, like we can, it's it's important for all of us that we have a game that it's uh, it's nice to watch on TV and it's also entertaining. So it's not too slow. So there's enough action, in, enough entertainment. And the rules would be the same for everyone. So, I mean, I don't personally like to watch when people cover themselves with scarves and hoodies completely. And uh, yeah. it doesn't look nice. And then also uh, when these hands take a long time and there's nothing dramatic happening and, and uh, we all know the guy is going to bet or check, but he always takes this 30 seconds. And, you know, just these kind of things. Like, I, I just want to have a little bit It's more fun to play. You're going to play more hands and it's more fun to watch but I would like to see poker on sports channels in the future. I mean, we have all the tools to have a really popular game that people enjoy watching and, and stuff and
1: Do you think that it's a a matter of changing some of the rules or changing the game slightly to make it more like, you know, you mentioned Triton uh, you know, is it more about having it like a short deck type of game so there's more action or is it just about changing people's mindsets?
2: I think changing people's mindset is more important Um, um, I think there's a lot of enough action in normal full deck, no limit hold them and I mean there's plenty of action. It gives you more opportunities to bluff and make some sick plays actually. Instead of uh short deck, the hands play kind of if you have studied the game, like there's less bluffing in short deck because the hand values are so close and they're playing very shallow also. But also I just you know, all these things that I'm saying, these are just my personal opinions. But this is the way I, I view the poker industry and the future and People have different opinions, and um,
0: sure, but I don't think you're on your own, Patrick. That's for sure. And these are these are common complaints that many people, whether they're poker fans or professional poker players, have voiced.
2: Well, one thing is for sure is that it should be the best thing for everyone that we would grow as a as a as an industry. Like there would be more more games, more players. The popularity of the game would increase, and and this is that we we need to have a more entertaining, more fun game to play and watch, right yeah, so it's not gonna happen with uh, getting a more boring game and slow game where all these recreational players who wanna who, who are looking for entertainment they're not gonna join this game. Uh, so yeah i mean poker i love poker and uh it's also important that we we're gonna keep all the all the good fun elements like what we think of you know all those intense moments when somebody's betting big or bluffing and you know you're going to the tank and and you might you need to be able to talk a little bit sometimes like like all these all these elements have to stay but just the the game flow should should incre- uh, should get better, and um, also like what we are wearing is is on another level on the on the high rollers right now, and normal tournaments too. Like all these main events, are, I mean, they're already banning. I think sunglasses. There's a lot of tournaments that you cannot you cannot wear, but. Even if you wear this t shirt only, like, but people pull this shirt to their nose and cover their half face and their pulse and all these things. And uh, I think these things should be penalties uh, in the future. I, I see it going that way because it's a little bit ridiculous. If you're like, if you never seen, a, if you have never watched poker before, and imagine you start watching and you, you're asking your friend, like, what is this guy doing? Like, what the fuck is pulling his shirt to his his eyes, you know?
1: It's Uh, definitely interesting for, like, the first 10 seconds when you don't know what's going on. You're like, why is the guy doing that? And then when you see that he's in that pose for four or five minutes at a time every single hand, then all of a sudden, yes, it gets incredibly boring. I think maybe, Patrick, we should just have naked poker. That seems like – then you can just – never use your clothes to cover yourself up that's very interesting like who wouldn't want to watch Nate? well depends who i guess really i would watch
2: some 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 form of poker like that depending who's playing or <laughs> or finish which, finish
1: which, sauna poker which,
2: which females are playing <laughs>
1: exactly <laughs> I, I agree with james though you know you're not the only person that feels this way um You know, there are plenty of people out there that, uh, you know, want to make poker great again. And just for example, when I put it out there onto Twitter, who's got a question for Patrick Antonius? I got about 10 or 12 questions back about high stakes poker, about you and Sammy Farha, shows that haven't aired for 10 years. Like, what do we have to do to create some new uh versions of this that will make yeah. people excited again yeah. yeah
2: how can we bring some new semi farhas back i mean he's a uh, he was amazing he's amazing for poker it's all these kind of characters where are they now we're uh bringing all these young guys which which is nice but um but we also lost a lot of uh mike marisos and um uh, and Sammy Farhas from the from the high, high roller scenes.
0: It's not just people harking back to the glory days of live poker, Patrick. There are a lot of people who fired in questions about your legendary online hands against Der, against Isildur. How much poker do you actually play these days? I mean, I have visions of you just kind of like lying on a beach and driving a sports car in Monte Carlo, but are you actually still grinding the online tables as well?
2: Yeah, good question. Um, Online is something that I have little by little uh, moved away because the game game has changed a lot. And uh, also I had, I would say, more and more important things. Um, like last one and a half years, I've been part of this project that we started to work on this um, application, this first line of poker that we have finally launched. And this is our opening event where we are introducing it to the players. Uh, and um, yeah, I've, I've been playing some cash games. Uh, I've always been this high-stakes cash game player, and, and I prefer live, even though I had really nice results online. But um, I would say the last one and a half years I have played less poker, but uh, at the same time I played a, I played a lot of high roller tournaments. Like last year I came back to play these tournaments and uh was a good year, was a fun year. I met a lot of new players that I never played and kind of got a taste how it is nowadays with these with these players. Um, I see them uh I see them all like having a good sport, like they're they have a good attitude and fair play and all these things. Um uh, they're nice people, I cannot say uh, I cannot say anything bad about anyone, but uh but they are but they are playing slow, even though the shot clock is thirty seconds, it's it's getting run down to the last seconds like all the time, even if there's nothing nothing special happen in the part, there's just a standard race and a call call pre flop and and um and yeah, that's how they play nowadays.
1: Uh, so you do play some high rollers. What about cash games? And I guess when it comes to cash games, I, one of the only ways I can think of to sort of fix the things you're talking about, Patrick, is if you, you know, specifically curate the lists and only let in the kind of people into your game that you want to let in. Is that sort of kind of how things have to go?
2: No, I mean for me, it's hard to get in on uh, on all the all the private big cash games. That's that's been a, it's it's a challenge for anyone. And, uh, for me, if I want to play on a regular base, I kind of have to go to Vegas and these games are the most enjoyable and, uh, kind of competitive games, games for me, all these mixed games, big bed mix, all kind of mixes, whatever we have at Bobby's room and, and Aria. And so if I want to take a trip where I know I'm going to play almost every day for, a one month, two months. I'm going to Vegas, Vegas to do that. But as I said, I I took a little break from the high stakes cash games in the last year. I mean, I played a lot in the, during the World Series last year. It was some massive games. Was really really good games. But since then, uh, I just played some uh, some tournaments and uh, I played a couple times some random high stakes cash. But uh, but yeah, just doing a little bit different things now, and I'm planning on. Uh, I'm planning on going back to high stakes. Like, you know, there's gonna be periods where I'm gonna I'm gonna play more, and the games are not going anywhere. So it's it's safe to take a break. They don't die because I quit. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> so when you're uh, when you're taking like the last year off from poker to work on this app or other business, do you miss it, or are you excited and fulfilled doing work
2: i miss it and i you know you miss it and you don't miss it there's moments that you would like to play and then then there's no game because i'm in monaco but or somewhere else but um yeah i'm okay otherwise too um i've been very happy what i what i've done in the last year it's kind of once you don't play for a while, then you kind of get used to it. Uh, but then when you start to play, I'm like a little bit addictive personality. And when I get into the playing, I want to play every day. Like like I sometimes when I go to Vegas, I'm there for, I don't know, two months. And I'm literally playing every day. Like I might take three days off in, in five weeks or six weeks. Like, Like I really... You know, when you get into it, you get into it.
1: That leads me to a question from Twitter from John who asked. He says, ask Patrick about the Isildur online battles and if he misses those games. So, obviously, you just said that you do miss it sometimes. What do you miss more? Would you rather go back to those huge online nosebleeds or would you rather go back to high-stakes poker? Do
2: you mean – yeah, you mean the TV. So, yeah. high-stakes poker, I mean, wow. I mean um, – Who doesn't miss those (laughs) those days, (laughs) those games? I mean, I miss both. I mean, the online, I mean, I played insane amount of poker, like those kind of games then. And the high stakes poker didn't happen too often. And those were just amazing games in general. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I I miss miss both. Uh, Definitely miss both. Um, It was just there was just online like a lot of lot of big action around the clock pretty much on on everywhere those days and you could always find a game it was nice for a guy who likes to play and um, now it seems like that everybody is looking looking poker online from a little bit different perspective like these high stakes games that everybody is just calculating their advantage and uh, looking for an edge and back in the days it was more like that I see it like this that it was it was just a lot of players and none of us really knew that who was gonna win like who you know nothing was like very well calculated that okay I have this kind of advantage or something we were just playing very big and gambling and and um, eventually you would see the results that okay this guy didn't last and uh, this guy won and and uh, there was just a lot of gambling games um, happening. I mean, I was playing a lot of games that I I was really poor in the beginning, high stakes, and people were just not—they uh, were not afraid to risk their money. Uh, a lot of people made a run, couple million run, and and then they end up busting it. And uh, now I see it completely different. That people are just uh, looking it only to make money and not. Not the gambling part, and the—it's
1: definitely way more about uh, you know calculations and your and using your head rather than you know your your heart or your gut uh, was a lot bigger part of the game. You know, even just the way that players behave off the felt. And again, I'm not criticizing people for this, but you know, no one's really that crazy anymore. There's no there, you know, there aren't that many. We all look back at the great stories from on the table from ten years ago and fifteen years ago, and we all sort of have the same stories uh, from off the felt of 10 and 15 years ago. Everyone's very well behaved and is smart with their money. And no one really does these like crazy things off the table where they waste a bunch of money either.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: One final question, Patrick sent in by Andre and this ties into what you were saying about some people just in it for the money now. What motivates you to continue to compete at such a high level?
2: It's a good question. Um, yeah, I'm a very competitive person. Uh, I believe on a couple of things actually, what motivates me, like I have giving advantage what comes to like um, really studying the game, what comes to like uh, the GTO compared to some players. But I believe I have a really good skills on um, reading people and and um, adjusting in real time to certain situations to certain players. Um, I believe I'm I'm uh, I'm one of the best at uh, at at feeling player players energy if they're strong or weak or reading them and uh, and this still like keeps me in the game. And this is, the, this is where I get my kind of uh, satisfaction when I, can, when I can read the guy, when I can read the opponent and, and make good plays like this. Um, I like to play poker. I really don't uh, want to give it out. And, and uh, high-stakes poker has been always the thing what I've been doing. So it gets my, gets, gets my blood to run and, uh, on another level. I get I get excitement from it even if you don't always see it and um, (laughs) I just like to play I mean as far as I know poker has grown a lot what comes to live, live uh, numbers these tournaments and and um, I think there's more poker players in, in the world right now than has ever been and Unfortunately, some countries they might have bad laws that you cannot play, or or the rate might be high, or or so on. But
1: I think so too. I think I think that there, I think that poker uh, is still very strong, and there's still a lot of poker players out there. And I think it's just about trying to get those people back and trying to get them interested again. So I'm I'm really uh, glad to be a part of what you're doing, Patrick. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that we have. Uh, talked a lot about the poker industry because uh, one game I like to play with people, this is the last thing, by the way, uh, one game I like to play with people, especially people who are well-respected and has been around as long as you have, Patrick, it's just it's a game called Good for Poker, Bad for Poker. And all I'm going to do is throw something out there and all you have to say is whether or not it's good for poker or bad for poker.
2: Ready? Not ready, but I'll do it. All right, good. <laughs> good Very response. good. I'll
1: take it. Solvers. Good for Poker, bad for Poker.
2: Of course bad.
1: Bad for Poker. The Global Poker Awards. Good for Poker, bad for Poker. I guess good. I guess good, that's exactly correct. April Fool's Day. Good for Poker, bad for Poker. I guess good. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. The Mississippi Straddle. Good for Poker, bad for Poker.
2: Is this the Straddle on the button? Yeah okay good more action is good but it's it's uh it's a weird one uh it can also be tight it can it can also hurt the game sometimes to make people play more tight from the early position
1: oh good but weird we'll give it to him
2: i don't know yeah uh
1: intermittent fasting good for poker bad for poker
2: fucking bad for poker but good for health
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Game of Thrones finale. Good for Poker, bad for Poker.
2: I haven't seen it yet. That's
1: good. I would I, people would be really upset if you had. All right, last one here. Courtney Kardashian's new website, Poosh. It's a content-first modern lifestyle website that covers everything wellness, travel, and beauty to fashion and career advice, even including recipes for an avocado smoothie. Good for poker or bad for poker? <laughs> <What the fuck?
2: laughs> uh, bad, man. But... Bad
1: for poker. <laughs> there it is, you guys. Patrick Antonius has spoken. Hey. Poosh is bad for poker. Patrick, thank you so much for, ha- for being on the show, buddy.
2: Let, let me add something uh, yes something might be good for poker the the first line of poker new application that we had uh, ah I'm just telling a couple of things about it that uh, we just launched a really raw beta version and um, we're trying to build a community in the poker industry and and in the future the application is gonna look quite different we're trying to make these things that are gonna make the playing more fun, like uh, you're gonna go play a tournament with your friends, and you're gonna get a notification of all the all your crew, your friends that you're following, that how they finished the day one, for example, and who busted, and their seed draw next day, and and also in cash games you can have uh, you can you can see how your friends are doing, you know that Joe just started to play this cash game, and you're updating there how it's going, like okay now I see you losing or you winning and. Try it out and uh invite a couple of friends to use it then. And- I'm actually looking
1: at it right now. I've I downloaded it uh but right before we started talking and I was wondering, Patrick, will you be my first friend on First Land of Poker? <laughs>
2: yeah, just invite me, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, perfect. And also if I can I wanna get a picture of me and you to be my main profile picture <laughs> so everyone will know that we're friends. Is that okay? <laughs> Done.
2: Done. Okay, Done. great. Until uh
1: Patrick,
0: thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us. We really appreciate it. And best of luck with everything going forward, including the event in Estonia over the next few days.
2: Thank you very much. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, Patrick. See you later, buddy. Later, later. Bye.
0: One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's
3: Superfan versus Stakes.
0: Please welcome to Poker In The Ears, all the way from New Zealand, Mr. Roy Muir. Greetings, Roy.
3: Yeah, hey, how's it going, James? What's uh, up, Roy? Yeah, hey, man, how are
1: you? Good, how are you?
3: Oh, not too bad, not too bad. Just uh, relaxing at home, waiting for you guys to call, and yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm
0: glad you're in high spirits, Roy, because I kind of feel that we have messed you around a bit. First of all, we got you confused with another superfan who we accused of being from New Zealand when he was actually from Australia because we thought it was your time. Then when it was (laughs) your time, unfortunately, I got sick and we had to postpone this. So Patrick watched Starship Troopers about two months ago and compiled these questions. But the good thing is you're here now and we're very pleased to have you.
1: I like how yeah. when it's my mistake, it's my mistake, but when it's James's mistake, it's we confused you for the Australian guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no offense taken. It's uh, an easy mistake, and uh, getting up at uh, three thirty in the morning was uh, <laughs> was no problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news
0: is, being from New Zealand, Roy, you are entitled to compete for an EPT Monte Carlo satellite ticket. That is the advantage you have in your part of the world. But we're interested to know about Roy Muir, the man, the myth, the legend. What is your life story?
3: Well, uh, yeah, well, I'm uh, 36 or 37, I can't remember these days, and uh haf- happily married man with a young two-year-old, and uh, yeah, as, as you told uh, everybody, I'm based in Wellington, and um, yeah, I work for a um, betting agency of all places here as well uh, in uh, Wellington, so yeah, uh, apart from that being my work, uh, I like uh, to play a bit of football, and of course, um, play poker, it's a big part of my life as well.
1: So what sorts of poker are you playing?
3: um i've got a friend um shout out to misty and the thursday poker group uh, um we have a home game there and uh obviously playing stars a bit as well and uh, looking to get away for a um a wpt uh, event here in uh, auckland new zealand later in the year nice cool.
0: i mean my recollection of when my daughter was two years old is that poker was not a part of my life because there was literally no time actually to be fair once they're a toddler, you've got a bit more time. It's the year before where literally no hobby, no activity has any chance of being given anything more than 10 minutes a week.
3: Yeah, yeah well, that's right. Uh, I have to squeeze the online poker uh, in where I can. And uh, I'm lucky enough to be allowed out one uh, night every couple of weeks <laughs> to go and play my home game. So uh, that, uh, that that's, uh, does, does enough for me. And I'm pretty happy to have that uh, ability to play.
1: If you're anything like my dad was, there would be like a like a little area at the home game, like a little cage for all the children, <laughs> maybe under the table yeah. sometimes, and uh, everyone just brings their babies.
3: Yeah. yeah, I think we're all lucky enough to have some pretty understanding wives and uh, girlfriends there. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, no, no kids, which is, which is cool.
0: <laughs> also, society has come a long way since the 1970s, Joe, when, when you were <laughs> a baby 43 years ago. So, Roy, um <laughs> Yes. hopefully we can send you to Monte Carlo by virtue of the satellite ticket that you are playing for. Obviously, there's some Pokestars merch up for grabs as well. You chose Starship sure. Troopers. I'm pleased you chose this movie because it's a personal favourite of mine. I'm a great believer that Paul Verhoeven is a very hit-and-miss director, but the films which he gets right are absolute sci-fi classics. I'm thinking of Robocop. I'm thinking of Starship Troopers. I'm choosing to forget films like Basic Instinct and Showgirls, even though the latter, there will always be a very special place in my heart for it because it's so bad, it's bloody awesome.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That was a, a big um, a one for me at high school. I remember that one getting uh, <laughs> shuffled around my high school on uh, VHS, <laughs> uh, getting slipped to uh, each uh, individual young oh lady and, and taken right. away for the weekend. So.
1: Roy, the same exact thing happened to me. Yeah. There was one copy of Showgirls that my friend <laughs> let me borrow. I had to keep it under my mattress for a couple of yep. weeks, and then I had to pass it on to the next guy.
3: 100%. That was the way. So yep, but, yep. But the irony is, but then, yeah, But the irony is Starship Troopers
0: skirts dangerously close to becoming like well, Showgirls. It's, it's just the right side of good. But there are moments when you think, oh, my God, this is getting so schlocky. This is getting so stupid. This is getting so superficial that it borders on being bad.
3: Well, that that's right. But then you kind of review it uh, later on, and you actually realise there's a little bit of you know intelligence in in that film too. Absolutely. That I think, as a, as a young kid, you obviously don't don't uh, recognise, and a lot of the critics didn't realise early doors as well. But uh, some of the themes running through it are actually um quite quite smart. And if you've you know looking at it now, well, luckily I, a couple of weeks I haven't ago, seen yeah.
1: Luckily, I haven't seen it since then, so I have no <laughs> idea what any of that smart stuff is. Right. Yes. Right, well,
3: I did. I watched it last week, and I had everything ready to roll. And in, uh, in, in the two weeks or three <laughs> weeks preceding, or in between, I've forgotten everything. So uh, yeah, we might be on an even keel.
0: No. You guarantee, I guarantee you that you have the advantage here, Roy, for sure. Yeah, no, but I, I, no know, I, know, I know. I will I'll agree with you. I, I mean, I, It's a <laughs> film I've not seen for 10 years, actually, when it first came out on Blu-ray. And right. I remember, even, even yeah. 10 years ago, revisiting it, it was like, yeah, there's a lot here that's very relevant to modern society and probably even more sure. so in 2019 than there was in, in the late 2000s. Okay, Joe, um, you know the deal. And, Roy, I'm sure you know the deal as well. Ten questions, Absolutely. all multiple choice. You don't have to take the multiple choice options, which would potentially... Um, give you uh, one point rather than two points. So I kind of feel that because Joe has not seen this movie for decades, that it's only fair to give him the choice of going first and give him the opportunity to pick the first question so that we can eliminate all of this whining and bitching about the fact that <laughs> oh, this superfan took the question that I knew the answer to. Oh... <laughs> Oh, boy, I don't like this at all. So, Joe, you control your own fate. You control your own destiny. You get to choose first. One through ten is available to you.
1: All right, so uh, I did not mention this, but there's a couple of German guys here in Estonia, and they really do yell seven all the time. Like, no matter what hand is about to be dealt, like what all in, they'll just yell seven, even if I am all in and even if I'm facing... Uh, one live card and that card is a seven. So I'm going to yell seven!
0: Question number seven. Carl had a pet called Serrano. What type of animal was it? Carl had a pet named Serrano. What type of animal was it? I'll take the choices, please. Was it an anteater, a snake, a ferret, or a frog? Uh, it's either an anteater or a snake. Uh, a snake. Ah, oh, you should have gone for the other one. No, it wasn't an anteater either, it was a ferret.
1: <sighs> it was a what? A ferret. Oh wait, that's what thats what I meant to say, sorry. Oh fuck, it was anteater or ferret. Yeah, fuck. I was gonna say, anteater. anteater. I mean. <laughs> what the fuck, why did yeah. I say the word snake? It wasn't even one of the things I was, ah, oh, son of a bitch.
0: Okay, good start, Joe.
1: Uh, Roy. Yeah, great start. You can yes. have
0: any question other than seven.
3: Okay, well, that was going to be one of my two choices, so luckily uh, the um, magic number three is still available, so three it is.
0: And you've got a very easy one, which I'm sure you'll get without no, the options. Right. Which planet was the asteroid that started the war from?
3: Uh, it's. Uh, geez, actually. Um, Clendathu?
0: It was Clendathu for two Fuck! points.
3: Fuck! <laughs> I completely forgot it for a second, so yeah.
0: Joe, your question.
1: I don't fucking care anymore.
0: Okay. um, Would you like your lucky number nine? Yeah. What squad did Johnny join after his first battle?
1: I'll know it when I hear it. Roughnecks? The Roughnecks.
0: Correct for one point. (laughs) Roy, you have a 2-1 lead and it's your question.
3: Sure. Uh, Let's go with uh, number eight.
0: Number eight. How many lashes did Johnny get for his mistake on the Assault Course? Ooh,
3: good question. Um, I'm going to take the options again.
0: Okay, 5, 10, 25, or 50? Uh, It's 5, isn't it? It's 10. Oh! So, Joe, you're only one point behind going into the third round. 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, or 10? 1. What is the name of the sports team at the school in Buenos Aires?
1: take the choices, please.
0: The Giants, the Roughnecks, the Chiefs, or the Tigers?
1: The Tigers. It is
0: the Tigers for one point. Tied game. Roy, see if you can take the lead against Joe. Uh, Same options bar number one, so two, four, five, six, or ten.
3: I'll take two, thanks.
0: What is Carmen's last name? Ooh,
3: Ish. I want to say San Diego, but clearly not. Uh, I'll
0: take the options. Ibanez, Gomez, Bravo, or Kalilius?
3: Uh, Ibanez. <laughs>
0: it is, for one point. Little PSPC reference thrown in there for good measure. <laughs> good boy, Patrick. Four, five, six, or ten, Joe?
1: Six, please.
0: What was Johnny's final mark in the maths exam? Mm, I need
1: a choice.
0: or 97%? 35% correct for one point. Tied game. (sighs) Roy, four, five, or ten?
3: Uh, four, thanks.
0: Who killed the first of the fire breathing bugs?
3: Was it Johnny Rico?
0: It was Johnny Rico for two points.
1: Oh, good one.
0: Uh, okay, Joe, track, track question. Uh, flip that coin, five or ten? Ten. Who is the youngest character slash actor in the film? Of the main characters.
1: Can I, can I just name the actor or do I have to name you the... You can name
0: just the actor.
1: Uh, I got to take a chance here. It's Neil Patrick Harris. It
0: is Neil Patrick Harris for two points. Nice. Oh, this is going down to the wire. So it's the final question, Roy. It's question number five and you don't need to get two points, you only need one point to secure a victory. Um, Sure. But let's see if you can do it without the options anyway. How did Xander die? Xander die. Remember the Uh, multiple choice options are available and you can take them because you only need one point to secure a victory.
3: Sure, I'm just trying to picture Xander again with the names and the characters. I think I know this one. Uh, I'll take the options.
0: Did Xander fall down a hole Get shot, get stabbed, or have their brain sucked out by the bug?
3: Brain sucked out by the bug. It was
0: the brain sucked out by the bug, meaning the final (laughs) score is 6-5 to Roy Muir, our superfan. Well done, Roy. (laughs) It was closer than maybe I thought it was going to be, but it doesn't matter. A win is a win, and that means you get the Pokéstar swag. Plus, we're going to make sure that you get delivered electronically a... Poker Stars and Monte Carlo Casino EPT satellite ticket.
3: All right, nice no, fun. Thanks, guys. You're very nice welcome. Nice work, Roy. <laughs> no problems, Joe. That was a lot closer than I thought it would be, but uh, you know, <laughs> makes for an exciting game.
0: Roy, thank yeah, you buddy. very much for coming on the show.
3: Hey, not a problem, guys. Anytime. Keep doing the good work.
1: All right, my babies, we are just about out of time for this week's show. Next time, Bay 101, the hands, let's do them. Yes. And uh, I, I haven't asked her yet, but since Maria Ho was coaching me through this entire thing and I've already sent her all of the hand histories, what do we say we get Maria on and we have Maria just tell me genuinely what she thinks about the way I played the hands and we can get some real talk, real strat.
0: I like it. I think it's a really good idea for next week's show. Also, there is the potential to kill two birds with one stone because Maria is nominated for a Global Poker Award. There's a chance she wins. Worst case scenario, she's going to be at the ceremony, so we can kind of reflect on that event as well.
1: All right, let's do it. I was going to say that the awards will have happened. We'll have to say something about them. It'll be rude to Lex if we just ignore the awards completely because, let's be honest, he's going to win something. I'm guessing
0: that Lex isn't going there, right? Because he's working with you in Estonia?
1: Well, no, I see, I also think he's not going, but he's do <laughs> – they're doing a separate stream.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Lex and I are competing. <laughs>
0: okay. That sounds like a an awesome plan. Good luck with that.
1: Yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh, Anyway, moving on, I will give a full recap as to whatever nonsense goes on here in Talon for the rest of the week. And I don't want to jinx it, but I think – I'm going to be back at home, by the way, for like – Three days in L.A. because I'm going on the road with Norm again uh, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday or Thursday. So I'm only going home a few days, but I think I'm going to have a sick home game this week. Um, I, like one of my comedy idols said he wants to come. And I was like, well, do you have any friends you want to bring? And he named two names and I'm like, you you want to bring them to my house? So fingers crossed. They're available. I actually couldn't sleep last night because I was thinking about it. So hopefully we we'll have lots of fun stuff to talk to you guys about for next week because that's it. That's all the time we've got for this week. Subscribe, like, comment. Come on, guys. If you haven't left us a little review, please do. Our Reviews are great on iTunes, but some of the other uh... – some of the other services, if you could uh, just give us a like and a subscription, that would really help us out a lot. I will uh, say,
0: anyone who is listening to the podcast on YouTube, if you want to leave a comment on there, we'll happily read the best ones in addition to anything you tweet using the hashtag poker in the ears.
1: There you go, guys. Also, you can uh, use that same hashtag, poker in the ears to apply to be a super fan, as well as drop us some ideas for new guests. We've been killing it with the guests lately, so uh, hey, man, let's shoot for the stars.
0: Absolutely, and on the subject of superfans, I appreciate your life is getting very manic at the moment, Joe, and you don't have a lot of spare time, but just to keep you abreast of future superfan subjects, coming up over the next three weeks, the movies Tropic Thunder, Donnie Darko, and this one's a bit left field, hook the steven spielberg movie
1: i may have seen hook more times than any movie before in my entire life i used to watch it every single day during one summer when i was a kid tropic thunder i've seen a bunch of times donnie darko i've seen them all i know those movies pretty well i'm looking forward to it i will try to rewatch some of them if i can if not i'm not super worried about it. starship troopers we did okay We held our own in that one. So uh, that is it, guys. That is all the time we got for this week's show. I got lots of other stuff we got to get to, but next week should be a good one. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.